You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. We got another great one. Uh, we we're talking about some NCAA penalties. Uh, we just got the news. The football program has some penalties from the Jeremy Pruitt era. Uh, so we kind of talk about that. We talk about uh, Pruitt and Fulmer and just some of the dumb decisions they made. And uh, but it's a good podcast. Uh, before we get into any of that, if you guys are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. Uh, if you're just listening, rate and review, download and redownload, and follow us on whatever platform that you're using. Also, follow us on social media at Pancakes and Bacon for our main account on Twitter at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI. Uh, for our main account on Instagram. If you want to follow Reed, his is at rbacon26 on Twitter. And then if you'd like to follow myself, it is just at Kyler Kerberson on all social medias. So check me out there. But uh, yeah, let's jump into this uh, great pod. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, got a fun podcast today. We are talking about some NCAA uh, violations and penalties that the Tennessee football program has taken on uh, from that uh, joyous Jeremy Pruitt era. Uh, but before we get into any of that, Reed, how we doing, bud? Come on, step into my office, Kyler. Come on. He's <laughs> got a different location. I have, uh, I have a lot of things to say. First off, I'm in a new location. I... Um, the air conditioning went out at the house. So needless Tragic. to say, it has been um, a eventful past couple of days. Um, so I am actually up at Holston Hills at the country club. This is an office. Oh, sweet flex there, Reed, country club member. <laughs> Are you finished? Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying my stand-up routine on you. <laughs> okay, first off, pe- people know that I we talk about Holston all the time, so it's not – Second off, so I'm up here at Holston, and this used to be the uh, 19 pole. You would come up to the, you'd come up the very top of the stairs. You'd have your TVs. The guys could eat and drink. And this is when I was younger, so I, I came up here like twice, snuck up here like just because I wanted to see what it looked like. And this is where they like, you know, they had drinks and beers and a little bit of snack food. And so then when they turned this into the weight room move the 19th hole kind of down and then they made this the office for the individual who kind of runs the the fitness area and stuff like that but there's not really a person that's kind of the week they had a person for a little bit not now so i called i called jim disney the the general manager up here who's i've known literally since my i was born i was like hey and i didn't say a podcast i wasn't like uh i was like hey, i have a video call that i need to jump on and uh, the house is uh, sweating. I would be sweating bullets at the house because there's no AC. So do you care if I come up and use that little office up there next to the weight room? And he was like, yeah, absolutely, because he's great. So that's why I'm here. Uh, hey, I got to jump on the best Tennessee podcast out there. I was like, hey, my buddy just needs to call me for a little bit. 
So anyway, so that's where I am. Uh, and it feels great in here. Um, before I continue talking about the no AC, and I did not, the minute that you came on camera, I did not say anything, even though I almost did, but I said, I'm going to save this for the podcast. But when you came on, I almost called you top button, butch. <laughs> <laughs> Rise to the top button, baby. Listen, I can't, I can't hate on it because I will admit there were times that I had done it in the past when I was playing golf, if the shirt was a little bit bigger and I liked how it looked like I could even do it with this one. You know, yeah. and and I don't mind. I don't mind the top button. I'll, I'll rock it for a minute while we're talking about it. But I stopped wearing it because of Butch Jones. You know, some <laughs> people some people start wearing fashion because some people. I stopped wearing top buttons every once in a while because of Butch Jones. I think it. I think so. I remember. You know, Butch wearing the top buttons. I had never ever worn a polo with a top button done, um, and always thought. Like, that's just dumb. But now that I've gotten older, there are certain kinds of polos that I will wear the top button when there is more room on the neck, when it is this loose feel material. That polo you have on right now, I would not top, I would not button that top button. I think it feels good. Now, I'm glad that you brought that up because this is another piece of the clothing out of the Kyler Kerberson trash bag of goodies. Yeah. And so I actually love this. It's a two X, um, but it actually like I, you know, I mean, it fits fine um, in the chest. You filling it out, huh? I said, are you filling it out? I'm doing all right. Whoa! Oh hey. yeah, look at that. Get you some, bud. But anyways, so I like I I'm you know for the 19th time I, I like the things that are a little bit bigger, more dry fit feeling. So I started rocking this, and I just have athletic shorts on and sandals. That's kind of like my. Mahala uh, bro, AKA my casual wear sometimes in the summers, I'll just wear shorts, flip-flops and like an old, or, but I like this. I like, I'm probably going to rock this to a game day one. Uh, is, is there a 77 on that one? Um, There's not, but I do love rocking your gear with the 77 that's got it back here on the shoulders. They're like, dude, you play. I was like, yeah, man, I lost a couple inches, lost about, <laughs> lost about 60 pounds, but yeah, I used to play Lyman. I mean, I mean, 77 is obviously an offensive lineman number. Yeah. So you could say that, like, you know, I was a center and was like 290. Yeah. You know, 6'2", yeah. 290. Yeah. And then you just lost a bunch of weight. Yeah, exactly. Um, or I could be like, at Memphis, our numbers on all of our equipment was our locker number. So it wasn't, it wasn't your team number. So yeah. um, me being a freshman – Everything, all my stuff said 106 because I had locker number 106. But hey, hey, it went to like one, it went to probably 125. <laughs> so you weren't bottom of the barrel. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was not bottom of the barrel. No, I was, I was at least up on the totem pole of, um, you know, of freshmen, I guess, you know, not, not the top, but a little bit topper tier. Yeah. Um, well, so was, anyways, helped you sleep at night, bacon. <laughs> <laughs> all right now that was funny not the not the not the whole scenario I, I just had to keep shooting yeah i'd get you on one yeah so um he, here's the thing man you never want to lose power and you never want to lose air conditioning no i would rather lose air conditioning than power because i'm a tv 
snob and you know there's ways to make it work without air conditioning now, now hear me out in a sick way i'm enjoying this because when i if, when you came to my house or before i had bought in a place and i had apartments if someone walked in the apartment was always on probably 68 or 67 because apartments are smaller and then when i would sleep 65 66 cool cool as a cucumber well when i bought my house much larger than an apartment, I didn't give a dang of what it was going to cost me. During the day, it was 66. At night, I would keep my house on 64, 65. Golly. Because I have to have it freezing when I'm sleeping. I would have yeah. it on I would have it on 64, 65, and I would still have a ceiling fan in my in my bedroom coming down, hitting me. And so now that I had sold that place, moved back to my house, my my parents' house. And uh, I'm upstairs and I'm in the, the warmest bedroom. It just stinks, but that's just how it is. Um, and actually, probably the second warmest. The first warmest was the bedroom I grew, grew up in, which was miserable. But now I'm in this one and there's a constant battle. There is a constant civil war between <laughs> the upstairs folks, a.k.a. my sister and I, and the downstairs folks, my parents. Because oh, the, the temperature. Yes, because yeah. the downstairs feels wonderful. I mean, oh, you yeah. can you can have it on sixty eight and it feels great downstairs, but sixty eight upstairs is brutal and it's very stuffy. I can put up with it, and I have gotten them, I've won them over to say, hey, at least during the day it has to be sixty seven, sixty eight, and they're and they're good with that. They're they're fine with that. And, and, and that I've recruited Georgia on my side has kind of helped. <laughs> it used not to bother me. It really me. is a civil war. You're recruiting soldiers. Yeah, I had to get my sister to go against the parents. So now, and so it, it's kind of been like this. It's kind of been, hey, during the day, 67, 68, at night, they say no lower to 67, but your boy is usually always the last one up. So I sneak on downstairs, go into where the thermostat is, into the basement, click that bad boy down to 66. So and, and Kyler, when it's 66, it's still a little hot in my bedroom. Like, it, it really is. Like, I have a fan in there. I sleep with no clothes on. And in the summertime, yeah. I still I will still only sleep with one sheet. No blankets, no nothing, which is a bummer because I like to have the blankets on me. But I'll go one sheet, um, you know, and so it's still a little hot. In the winter, it's better because I'll have fans and I open my window. And if, and if it's 20, 30, 40 degrees out, it feels great. So this 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 air conditioning goes out, and I'm like, yeah, you sons of bitches. <laughs> now you get to feel like because my mom's complaining about how brutal it is, and my dad's my dad's tough. He's fine. He can manage anything, but my mom's complaining. I was like, yeah. Now you know. Now it's obviously way more escalated. Like if you walk upstairs yeah. in our house, if you walk upstairs in our house right now, it's like hard to breathe up there. But but your boy was like, no problem. I got this. So last night. You know, last night I go and I jump in the pool and that's to start the process of just relaxing, cooling down. And in, in the it's July now, almost it's mid-July. So the water has gotten almost to the point where it's not even refreshing anymore, but it's still nice. Yeah. So I got in there, relaxed, took some deep breaths. I went from there to the shower and took a cold shower. Then I had an air mattress set up downstairs and two fans. Kyler, I slept really well. With two fans, the cold shower, only one sheet, 
I really felt like I was back in like training camp where it's like you got the two fans literally right here just oh, right yeah. here. You figure out any way that you can sleep. Yeah. And, and and I honestly slept, you know, I slept fine. And, you know, it always it makes me mad when anyone argues, oh, I'm so hot or I'm, I'm so cold. Like you got it so cold in this house. Go grab a blanket or go put clothes or go put clothes on when I'm when I'm hot. Guess what, Kyler? If I don't have any clothes on, there's nothing else I can do. Yeah, <laughs> if, you're I, stuck. If, I, if I'm running around in my birthday suit and have a fan on, I, I'm maxed out. Go grab if you're if you're cold. Go grab another blanket. Go grab clothes. Whatever the case may be. So, like I said, yeah. I'm letting them. I'm letting them. I'm letting my mom t- have a little taste. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> a little taste of her own medicine. Yeah, uh, but I I'm sure it's the reverse in the winter though. I'm sure it's nice and warm upstairs and cold as shit downstairs. Yeah, and it stinks, and that's why. But 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 like I said, I mean, I know if I open my window and it's probably 50 and below it feels really good in my room if it starts getting 50 and above it's still like a little warm um i used to have three three window no four windows i could open in that bedroom now i only have one because we got new windows and they're not you can't open them because they're like these taller ones so it that one hurts but your boy used to open up four windows it'd be like 28 degrees out and it was like the best sleep of my life <laughs> that anyway, is literally one, a meat locker yeah anyway <laughs> i mean 28 degrees outside i'm saying outside and yeah uh, you're opening up four windows like it's going to be 30 inside it feels great and it is like a meat locker because your boy is just meeting it up (laughs) but anyways long story short that's why i'm up here uh we we had somebody come out and check it on saturday hopefully they're going to be back tomorrow to start working on and fixing it um good luck and, and it just reinforces the fact that I just can't wait to have it. Like it's, it's time that your boy will start looking for another place. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's you can only live with your parents for so long. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. Um, not much to report. Just trying to catch up on chores, laundry, trying to get ready for vacation, looking into different things like that. Yeah. Um, That's exciting though. It is exciting. But it's also stressful. It's yeah. like every time you book something, you're just spending more money and more money and more money. So sometimes it can be. But uh, yeah, Bro, hey, you know, you know what I've learned as I've gotten older, huh. and, I, and if anyone feels the same way about this, they can message in the comments. I like it when I'm booking a trip and it's in advance. And if you have a, um, I mean, I think we used a, a travel planner for the Europe trip, but he wasn't any good. That was more of like the Memphis crew wanted to use him, but my sister travels so much and she is a wizard at, at travel planning. She really is. She's great at it. Mm-hmm. But what I say, what I was going to say is if you can just pay for everything up front so that when you go legitimately, the only thing you're really spending is your money to eat and drink some Ubers or taxis. And that's really it. But like you've already paid for your hotel. You've already played for the plane ticket. We've already got our train tickets We've basically paid for everything in advance, and I I like that because it's then then I'm not thinking about it. You know, yeah. I'm not thinking, okay, here's 400 euros because this hotel room. Like, it's just pay for it, forget about it, and then go enjoy it. Definitely, definitely, that's our that's our game plan. But let's jump into what we came here for. Uh, big news this past week: the NCAA penalties came down 
on the Tennessee football program for $60,000 worth of payments during the Jeremy Pruitt era. Um, and the biggest news out of it is there is not a bowl ban. No postseason ban. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but I'll go through a list of what actually was penalized. So the no postseason ban, incredible. Um, still on five years of probation. During that probation, they are going to send people to like come look at the compliance department every year and check up on things. And like if you do do something, then it's mm. even worse punishment. Um, 28 scholarships are going to be taken. We've already imposed 16. So we just have that remaining 12 that we have to do. It does suck. I mean, taking away scholarships really hurts your depth, but. Uh, um, I, I, I'm not as worried. I'll explain. Okay. Uh, uh, Pruitt himself was given a six year show, uh, show clause. So I think that's just six years where he can't, Coach in the NCAA? I don't know. I don't know what that entails, but I don't really care about him anymore. Um, a reduction on official and unofficial visits, how many we can have in a year, which I think does suck uh, for recruiting. Now you have to pick and choose who you're going to have come to an official, who you're not. You have to think about, do we have a chance on this guy is he actually going to come or are we wasting this? Like, is he definitely going to Georgia? It's a waste to give him an official, um, which kind of handicaps you. So hate that. Uh, and then $8 million fine. This is based off of what they think the university earned through both bowl games of 22 and 21 or something like that uh, after the Pruitt stuff. So, Good amount of penalties, but not as bad as it could have been. And I think every other fan in the SEC and a lot of other fans who have had teams get penalized by the NCAA are pissed. <laughs> they, they see the allegations that came out, the amount of money being passed around, and think this should have been like the death penalty. Um, and... I can't argue with them that much. I think the best thing that Tennessee did was turn in themselves and fire their coach and their AD and one third of the team transferred. Uh, most of the guys that probably got those, you know, illegal benefits left the team. Uh, so it was kind of like, you know, you're hurting everyone else. You're not hurting any of the people that were there before. So I think that's why they were a little lenient. What did you what did you spend your what was it 7500 that they gave you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I spent it on uh sneakers. <laughs> um, and, and personal training with Reed Bacon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Get my kick set in. <laughs> <laughs> I got Robbie out there playing defensive line. Robbie, one more. I would love to see Robbie just fucking <laughs> hand fighting, just ha, ha, ha. cigar in. Um. So, so, so a couple things. I, I, I believe it was Adam Sparks 
um, not not the New Sentinel, maybe the Tennessee. I don't know. Adam Sparks of some publication, and he was the one that was just firing these bad boys off on Twitter. And so I was enjoying reading them. Um, and and not to not to bring up bad news for you, but I specifically remember us having a long, probably 35, 40 minute argument over the phone that you wanted to keep through it. Yeah. Now I'll admit I liked what I saw on the field from Pruitt when he first got there. Mm-hmm. A very, very nice win against Kentucky one year. A great, great win against Auburn at Auburn. Yep. Um, so there were some stuff that I watched with my eyes. You know, I'm big eye test. Let me see. I don't want to read a bunch of stuff or hear a bunch of stuff. Like, let me just watch it and see how I vibe. So there was some stuff that I liked about Pruitt, but when it came down to it, when I was arguing with you and your argument was we got, we can't just keep firing and hiring, firing and hiring. Um, we, we need some stability. And my argument was, I agree with you, Kyler, we need some stability, but it has to be kind of with the right hire. And I already believed that that wasn't the case. And that I probably believed the same thing that Tennessee thought was, Hey, we got a chance to get rid of this joker of a clown. Like, and, and probably don't have to pay him his gajillion dollar buyout that another clown, Philip Fulmer, gave him. And and I think that's what they went with. Um, I'll get more into Pruitt and Fulmer here in a minute. The violations, though, um, I the 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 uh, unofficial and official those, those stink, but but they're not they're not killers. No, I, I really wouldn't even think they're that bad. It's just like, hey, I wanted a guy to come on a, a you know, unofficial, but, uh, you know, they can't really pay for hotel rooms themselves. So it's like, yeah, we'll let you stay at the Marriott and we'll pay for it. And like, we'll give you some food. But it's not like, hey, here's 10 grand, like put it in, <laughs> put it in their hands. So I, like that kind of part, it didn't feel like you're really getting a benefit. The, you know what I mean? Oh, the uh, of the uh, of them taking away the officials or unofficials. Yeah, well, no, no, no. I just meant a lot of the uh, illegal stuff that Pruitt did. A lot of the money went towards unofficial visits coming oh, into Tennessee and then I, I, paying I, I, for things yeah, for I them while they're there. It's like yeah. it's like helping out with a trip, but like if I'm a recruit, it's not like I'm seeing that money. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it really just literally helps the economy around Tennessee. Like he's he's paying for meals at Copper Cellar and the Hilton and stays at the Hilton. It's just like I don't. That didn't really feel like wrong. I, 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 but I mean, like I get it. Technically, they are breaking the rules. I see what you're saying. They're not like, hey, Kyler, here's fifty grand to come sign with us, commit. Not that type deal. Yeah. So I follow you. Um, Now they did that for other people, but (laughs) this. That part of it, that's all I was saying. But back – so let's talk about the – like I said, I want to stay on track on the penalties, though. Specific, do you think it's a big deal that they took away the number of official and unofficial visits? I don't think it's a big deal. Okay. I think it, I think it's, it makes Heupel and every other coach's job a lot harder um, where they have to – okay, we can't impress these kids with an official visit. Like when they come, they need to be able to do this. Like, okay, if they're coming on a, and they took away unofficials too, which is like, I mean, every kind of visit 
counts as unofficial. Like anybody who comes and looks at your school, it's just, that's really tough. Um, and I think like it literally is just making recruiting harder, which makes me feel like really good that the past couple classes, they've gotten like really good guys because taking away scholarships and also taking away opportunities to recruit and also taking away time during the off season to recruit. Cause that was part of the penalties too. It's taking away like a certain amount of dead period where they cannot reach out to people. Um, that's the part that sucks. It makes me feel like shit, we're going to lose a battle that we could have easily won to one of those teams down the line. But like you've said, Many times before, Tennessee recruits itself. The fact that we're the big brand, the fact that we have all the history, and then you add in the success that Hypel is having. If if we go 10 and 2 this year, and that's back-to-back seasons with double-digit wins, and we're making progress, and more guys are coming there, and Nico's gonna start the year after. I think recruits are still going to say, well, I mean, Tennessee's a dog too. That's it. That's all. I'm not as worried about it. And I just realized I still have my top button. <laughs> you choking? No, like I said, it felt fine. I just was, uh, I mean, it honestly even like kind of looked good because it kind of brought that together. But then I thought Butch Jones and that's all I had to think. <laughs> here, here, Here's the deal. Winning cures everything. So if they win, it's it's we're still going to get the players that we need to get. I don't see it where it's like, oh my gosh, if we had brought that guy in on an official, we would have gotten him, and now he's going to, you know, Missouri. No, because the thing is, it's going to. I I don't think people really understand that they they cast a very very wide net to a lot of different players. And whether that is bringing them for unofficial, for official, whether that's during the season, spring practice. There was guys at the spring practice that we were at that they brought there and talked with or whatever. And then those guys were making announcements or commitments and they didn't even have Tennessee in their top five or top yeah. three. And that's that's okay. They did their due diligence. Now, we don't know how much time Tennessee put in on them. And there's uh, – it's specifically – I don't know the kid's name. He was a – he was a taller, leaner looking. He was, um, I think he's like an outside linebacker. He's a white guy, um, kind of had the blonde come over, but I think he might have played baseball too. And he was a linebacker from maybe like the Carolinas, like a three star. And he was there when we were there. And so I see his, I see his name at the time when we we're at practice, and I go back to look at his huddle, look at his profile. I'm like, okay. But we don't really know how much love Tennessee showed him after bringing him to, you know, did, did they, did they really, so it's, they cast this really wide net and, and then they kind of go, for, I mean, I feel in a way there's a dime a dozen of three stars, a dime mm-hmm. a dozen if even four stars that whether you get, um, you know, John Smith or, or, or Larry Owens, the the, the 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 team's gonna be happy with either of them. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I feel that they just aren't gonna be able to cast a wider net. So it's almost going to potentially hurt some of the lower level recruits. But the big time elite recruits that are the big difference makers. Yeah. 
they're still going to get official visits. Like, yeah, it's, you already know who they are. Yeah, they're not going to be like, hey, you know what? We really need to bring Reed Bacon in, so we're not going to be able to bring Kyler Curbison in. Like, it's, it's just never going to happen. So obviously, they're going to bring me in first. <laughs> you get, you get. What I'm saying, and yes, I don't know I if I did a good job explaining that. It's just going to really hurt more the guys that they basically throw tickets to just to be nice. It's like, hey, this kid's a sophomore. We, he might be decent. He might not. Let's give him some tickets. Show him a little love. Yeah. But we're not going to really push that hard. Um, yeah, them three stars aren't going to get much of an opportunity. <laughs> I mean, but they're not going to—they're not going to, you know, ruin their chances at an official visit with the elite guys. They really want a part of the program. Yeah. Second thing is about the the scholarships. I'm not that worried about it because we've already used 15 or 16 or what was it, 17 of them. So we did. We imposed 16. It's a total of 28. So we have 12 more. Right. Okay. So and it's over five years, you know yeah. who that you know who that's going to hurt, the walk-ons that would have gotten their scholarships. Yeah, there's going to be a couple scholarship guys that are maybe a, a three-star guy that's local or close. So they're like, you know what, Walker Merrill type, he he can maybe help us. Like he's a decent player. Like let's let's get him on campus. Let's see how it goes. And if he's good enough to to really impact, great. If not, like no harm, no foul. So they're not, maybe a guy like that might not get a scholarship offer, but then there's a guy that they brought on who's a walk-on, who plays it, you know, um, you know, plays it CAK, and they bring him on, and he's been there, and he's done the right stuff, and he's been there for two or three years, and they're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna honor him. You know, they do those things a lot where they're like, yeah. Hey, He's been here for three years. He's put it in. We're going to honor him with a scholarship. You see the videos, everybody gets rowdy. Those are the guys that are just not going to be able to get the scholarships now because they're going to have to use those for mm-hmm. someone um, of depth purposes type deal. So yeah. that's why I'm not really worried about those. I mean, have we noticed the ones that they've already Im- imposed on us? No, we haven't. So no, not- and that was the time when we needed scholarships the most. I mean, the the absolute crush of depth that happens after Pruitt left. I mean, we talk about it every time. Like when we went to that spring practice, it was disgusting how, <laughs> how few of guys were there. Um, I also like the, you know, fandom, everyone else freaking out about this is nothing. Like Tennessee didn't get anything. Um, you know, they weren't actually punished like bias or SEC bias or whatever. It's like, guys, like they're ta- they're vacating wins for two seasons. It's less wins than Georgia had last year. Like we were bad. Okay. We've been bad for the past 15 years. This is like the first time that we're actually coming up. Well, you know, except for 2015, you know, when I was starting left tackle, all that good stuff. Um, Facts. But it, it's like kicking someone when they're down. Right? Like, the NCAA is like, I feel bad for you guys. You won two games in 2020. Well, like, I mean, NCAA, NCAA is also – they. I mean, they ruined our basketball program for the longest time. I'll say it. That's I true. Mean, well, th- maybe they feel bad because they ruined the basketball program over a, a freaking barbecue. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all these people – well, first off, I didn't even know that people were writing about it. I guess you saw it on social media that other – Yeah, it was just tweets. It's just everything underneath the tweet. People quote tweeting other people. Uh, okay. tweeting that article. They're just like, this is ridiculous. Like, they're bringing up other teams that have gotten, you know, bans in postseason or, you know, different but recruiting the, violations. Well, for okay. So, they, they've done the recruits, recruiting violations where they're taking away official and unofficials. 
they've taken away some of our scholarships. Eight million dollars is not a big deal to the University of Tennessee. They probably they definitely, you know, it's it's not a problem. No. We don't care about those wins, so vacate them. Sweet, take them away. Uh, a couple bowl wins, great, sweet. We don't care, move them away. The thing is, though, why punish people who weren't even there? Exactly. Why are you going to punish these kids with a bowl ban when they were sophomores in high school, maybe, or juniors in high school when this stuff was happening? I mean, you you, you really hurt the people that mattered, the ones that cheat that cheated and got caught. You know, Pruitt and his coaches or whatever, they got the, the show cause and the bands. Like, those are the ones that deserve it. The, the, the fans, we we didn't cheat. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what, like the, the, the coach Heupel and his staff didn't cheat. So, it's just – it's stupid, and I don't I don't listen to all that because the NCAA has done their fair share of, of ripping us, making examples of us. So if, if, if you want to hear about some NCAA nonsense, go over to North Carolina where their basketball team was basically running a fake academic a fake <laughs> yeah. academic program or some of these other places that have gotten caught and nothing happened to them. And I think it's a big I think it's a big thing that like it came out in the report they were hiding everything they possibly could from the compliance department. It wasn't like compliance knew right. what was going on. And then as soon as someone overheard a conversation of coaches saying something about playing players, they self-reported, went to the NCAA. We're like, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. We are going to fire him. We're going to fire the AD. We're going to hire all new people. Then, like I said, one third of every player on that team left. It, it's like, I don't know if there's anyone still in the program that was a part of that. Like Jacob Warren, maybe, maybe, but yeah, like, but Jacob, we're not, we don't think Jacob got any. No, I'm just saying like was yeah. literally on the team at that point. There's not, there's like no guys left. They were literally even on the team. Yeah. So, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's just like you're you're exactly right. Why why if everyone's gone, we self-reported, we told on ourselves, are they going to be harsh? They're not. Just, they're going to they're going to give us a little leniency. Just think if if Pruitt had uh what was he there 3 years? I think so, yeah. Yeah, just think if he'd won 10 games all three of those years and that compliance person heard him talking about paying players. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and listen, I've said it on here a bunch. I want a coach that cheats. Now, it's great that I love Heupel, and he has NIL now because he's the mm. offensive mastermind. He's a great head coach. He's a great culture builder. He's a great leader. Yeah. But now he can do some money legally, which which is nice. Um, and – I mean, I'm I'm not working in that pro in that up in that program, so I don't know what's going on. But my thing is, listen, Pruitt, if you if you're going to cheat, okay, man, I I get it. Everyone else cheats, so go ahead and cheat. Don't get caught, and you got caught because you were really really sloppy with it. Real sloppy. And they so, were, real, and it was just really dumb too about some of the stuff. I, like reading some of the stuff in there about. I saw one of the tweet or one of my favorite text messages was like, whether it was a coach talking to a compliance person or compliance talking to a staff or whatever. And they're like, yo, this is getting so ghetto. We've got like one player bringing 12 people to, and, and, and they're paying stuff for them and, and stuff like that. And it's like, these are a bunch of, a bunch of dumbasses. If I you're mean, getting, yeah, if it's, you're it's, they cheat, literally you got to the point where recruits were taking advantage of them. <laughs> like, 
Well, I'm right. bring a dozen people with me. They're like, right. okay. Right, right. And it's just like, how you know, how stupid can you be? If you're gonna cheat, you better do it to where it's 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 um you know, you're going about it in a, in a smart way, in a um you know, quiet way. Yeah. You, you know, and they were just so stupid about it in multiple aspects about being loud about it, about not covering it up and getting taken advantage of where we're giving money to players and they're not, they're not even going to commit to Tennessee. They're not only are they not going to come to Tennessee, but they're going to go somewhere else to help beat Tennessee. I mean, they just got finessed, bro. They got finessed. And, and um, I think all of that ties into, I've been really tired of Fulmer for years I was on the bandwagon when I was younger that I always just thought he was super overrated. You now were one of the one of the one of the few who wanted him fired in 2008. I just yeah, it was just it was done, man. Like it's not that he was bad. He I mean, he's a in my opinion, he's a very very good above average coach and I say that because he ran a really good program. He was in and out of high-level bowl games. He won a national championship. He had a chance at a couple more. But my thing with him was it was over. The game had kind of passed him by. He was still a little bit stuck in his ways. But I always said he was overrated because everyone wanted to act like he was a top dog, like top two, three, four coach, you know, for a generation or whatever. And it's like he had one natty. And all the talent that we had, in my opinion – we probably should have played for probably three and and probably won at least two. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyler, with the amount of dudes that we had from, you know, whether it was 95 to 2008, 2007, you're telling me Peyton Manning, we can't get, you know, with Peyton Manning, arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks in college history, one of the greatest quarterbacks arguably to ever walk the planet Earth. You can't get to the national championship with him. Then we then you get whipped by a better coach and a backup quarterback in LSU when you got a chance to to meet Miami in the national championship. So not just and that's me saying I think he's a good coach, but all these people that said he was great and amazing and one of the best of all times, like nah, chill out, guys. Like no way. And like for for a ten year period, he was really really good. He wasn't great. He was really good, but he wasn't. Yeah. Great. Um, and I think some of the other outside things affected like how he was seen, you know, he only had the one title, but the amount of recruiting classes he was putting together, the amount of guys he was sending to the league, like those kinds of things made a difference too. Um, That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And, And I should have clarified that my biggest thing was I thought he was trash on game day. And I, and, and I also didn't think, that Tennessee really ever went out and won a game because of our coach. Like you and I both know that there's multiple games that Tennessee's won the past two years because of coach Heupel. Mm -hmm. I don't remember ever watching a game being like, yeah, we won that because of Fulmer. We, We won it because of the players that he brought in and that's a huge part of it. But there were never times where this team, you know, this Tennessee volunteers and this team's equal talent wise and we won the game because, wow, what Fulmer and, and Third and Chavis did or something like that. Or You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That, was, that was my always argument. Hey, good, but let's, let's, let's pump the brakes. It's nothing special. But, and, then I got, and then I got so sick of Fulmer because I felt like Fulmer loves himself some Fulmer. 
And I would say you need to, to be like, Hey, I'm coming back and I'm being AD. (laughs) And I'm going to turn this thing around because I won a national championship 20 years ago. Yeah. And it was just, it, it, it was, it was TUFF tough, tough, tough. I mean, it was annoying. And, um, you know, it's like, Hey man, you got fired and I get it. He still loves the university, but he just kept hanging around and, then he was in a spot. We were in such a disaster of a spot with the John Curry blow up, which John Curry would have still made a better hire than Philip Fulmer. But, I, you know, they fired him. And it's like there's not really anyone else from a media standpoint. So are you trying to say that Greg Schiano is a better hire than Jeremy Pruitt? Never, never, <laughs> never. Well, you just said Curry would have made a better hire. John Curry – I mean, honestly, honestly, Sharano or Greg Schiano may have been better than Jeremy Pruitt, but I'm happy they hired Jeremy Pruitt because Schiano, we would probably had to pay his buyout and all that stuff because he would have got caught for cheating and all that. Well, he just wouldn't. I don't think he would have been a good coach either. No, I don't think he would have been. He would have been a good coach, so it was probably better that they brought Pruitt in because I'm saying you got to fire him and not have to pay him. But yeah, let me let me say this: when when all that happened. When all, when all that happened, there was no one else that was a big media pop of like, hey, the Hill is an absolute – it's a circus right now. It's in chaos. Mm-hmm. Who else to go get besides a guy who, you know, loves the ten, you know loves the university, played there, coached there. He's still around. He lives 10 minutes down the road type deal. Let's bring him in and let him set the ship. All that sounds great, and it's going to be a good media buzz, except the fact is no one knew he had no prior experience being good at the job. Yeah. One thing that I have learned growing up are there are so many people in so many industries and so many jobs that they're just not very good at what they do. It's plain and simple. Like There's people that are really good at what they do, and there's people that are pretty much trash, whether it's because they're lazy or and they don't put the time in or they're just they're just not good at it for whatever reason. I'm not going to be mean and say they're dumb, but it was almost like there was a panic and they're like, we, we don't really have anyone else. Like, let's go get, let's go get fat Phil and say, Hey, we're bringing him home. He's going to fix this thing. Right. And all this. And it's like, we never knew at all. If he can make a right hire, we gave him one shot and he did it. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that's, that was also a frustration me at the time because it's like hey we fired this guy we moved on from him in the football coaching aspect if i you know i hope they didn't feel like hey this is a good way to get and do the right by him because we fired him and now we give him a chance to be ad it's just it's just why tennessee's been bad or why they were really bad until Dondi plowman and randy boyd and some of these other people said hold the fuck up we're not listening to the haslams we're not listening to all these big boosters anymore we got to go get who we think the best person for the job is. Exactly. And they, and they went and got Danny White, and he's been really good everywhere he's been because I still remember the podcast that we first did about him, and you did a deep dive. Everywhere he went, he hired good coaches that led good winning programs. Mm-hmm. And what's he done? We hired a good person, and he did his job well and went and got someone else that's good. And so that that's just why my – this oh, it just irks me, man. And then reading some of the stuff where Dondi Plowman asked – Phil Fulmer, like, what what are we doing with the football program? And he starts giving excuses and arguments about wins and losses compared to an overarching that that one. Did you see that part of the article? Uh-huh. 
I'll send you the article when we get off here. And he's and he's sending emails talking about, oh, if we had a couple plays here against Auburn or, or get a couple different plays against Kentucky or this, like the whole season would be different. We'd be looking at Pruitt differently. You know, Pruitt took over a, lo- a really bad, you know, spot that there wasn't offensive lineman benching over 400 pounds. Like he's saying all this stuff in an email. And it's like, you're clueless, bro. You're <laughs> clueless. She's asking you what you're going to do to change around a top 10 college football program in the entire nation. And you're and you're defending a guy over wins and losses. Like that showed right there when I read that. Like Fulmer was clueless in what he was doing in the athletic department. And yeah. and that part just really, really pisses me off. And even when we go back, and whether it's at practice or we've gone down to the field a couple of times and I see him there, I get it. He loves the university. But just the whole parade of it, if I was him, like, bro, just like me personally, I'm gonna just hang up in the box and enjoy being there. But the whole parade of stuff is just like you failed, man. Like, I, I don't personally want to see you around there. And maybe that's wrong of me. I don't know what you think. I mean, I think, you know, he was a former player. He was a former coach. He did win a national championship of the ones that we have. It's kind of like you got to – you have to give him that that space, right? If if Kyler Kerbison can come back and visit and go to practice and, and go on the sidelines – Philip Fulmer should be able to do that too. Like, even if he failed as an AD, he was successful as a coach for a period of time and successful as a player. I agree that the University of Tennessee has to allow him to do that. I'm saying Fat Phil should look in the mirror and be like, I I need to step away and give some other people. Go away for a season or two. Go away for a season or two. And then maybe make an appearance on the sideline. Then maybe whatever. And, and, and listen, maybe maybe they didn't show him on TV. Maybe I just saw him, and maybe this is a personal thing because I see him there, and he's walking around, and I'm just like, bro, you did more to hurt this program in the past five years, and you have to help it. Like, just move on, bro. So maybe – but I agree with you. The University of Tennessee has to allow him. I'm saying I wish he would look in the mirror and just be like, hey, man, like it's time for me just to go and enjoy enjoy the retirement. I mean – yeah, you can you can stop you know bringing me up. You can stop with the here we're celebrating this team that I used to coach, or like stop with the you know little stuff like that. I I, I can see that part of it. Um, and the last thing I you know we talked about because every time Pruitt comes up, Greg Schiano comes up, that decision, the fact that Tennessee fans forced the school to not have him be a coach, which no one had ever seen in the history of college football, that the fans made that happen. And, you know, people still come out and like, oh, what, like a horrible decision. Like, can't believe that they like got away with that. A prime example of what every Tennessee fan was thinking in that moment and what they wanted in that moment was you see LSU just go and get Brian Kelly. They just grab him from Notre Dame, another historic program. They just grab him. They're like, hey, come on down here. Thanks. You've been winning 10, 11 games with that team. You're a really good coach. They'll keep, they want you there forever, but we're going to take you. That USC goes and just grabs Lincoln Riley. Been winning 10, 11 games every year. Going, who could stay there the rest of his life. Oklahoma wants him, and they go and take him. Those kinds of hires is what we expected at Tennessee. We were, we are a big program. Why couldn't we do that? Why are we going and getting 
second fiddle defensive coordinators from Ohio State who used to be good coaches that had one good season in the 2000s in Greg Schiano. It's like, really? This is the best that we can do after all of this mediocre stuff? Like, I'm tired of hiring a La Tech head coach because his last name's Dooley. I'm tired of hiring a Cincinnati head coach. I want the Notre Dame head coach. I want the Oklahoma head coach. I want that is what Tennessee fans were dying to have at that doesn't moment. Matter. It doesn't matter, Kyler. It doesn't matter what we want. We wanted John Gruden. We just because we want someone doesn't mean they're accepting the job. You don't think that the Tennessee brass called all these people and they're like, yo, I'm not coming to a place that the fans are a great, but they're also psycho because if I don't win in two years or three years, they're gonna want me out. And then I also have to go up against you know, Nick Saban and 10 other great coaches and play a brutal schedule. And, you know, you guys are in a horrendous spot. Why would someone want to come here? So I think that's a, I just disagree with you completely. Obviously those people are going to do what they can to bring in those people, but those people are going to tell us, no, I mean, Gundy uh, played us, you know, he played John Curry. Gundy was never going to leave his alma mater where he's got it made to come here and compete with the big dogs. And that's why you had to, that's why the athletic department and your AD and your president are so important because when you can't go get a guy like that, and I agree with you, we want that. doesn't mean we're going to get it, but the, the, the people in those positions are so important because when you can't go get the solidified number one dude, you got to go find the up and comer that is going to be a dude. And that's what they did. Now, it was a slippery slope what they did. I mean, obviously, I'm very happy they didn't hire Greg Schiano, but it was a slippery slope that they listened to fans because then the fans knew, hey, they're listening, and that's a very dangerous spot to be in. Um, but it just goes back to that thing of, oh, the Haslam's, you know, the Haslam's pay a bunch of money, and these other donors get to pay a bunch of money, so then they get to say what they want. And it's like, well, they're big buddies with Peyton Manning. And it's like, well, Peyton, what do you think about Greg Schiano? What do you think about this? What do you, Peyton does not come across like the guy, even behind closed doors, it's going to be like, yeah, I don't like that guy. He's obviously going to say like, oh, yeah, I was around him, or yeah, I really like him. I think he's a good coach. Just like the Jets were, oh, we went and got Adam Gase because Peyton Manning loves him. Well, he was his quarterback coach or his offensive coordinator. What do you think Peyton's going to say about him? Like, yeah. no, F that. Peyton says a bad word about anybody. Yeah, so, yeah I, I just don't think that's his vibe. And so um, – so yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, but but the, the Tennessee wasn't in a spot to where we were going to be able to get someone like that. So we were going to have to go find a next up and comer. And thank goodness that they washed their hands clean, and we had someone like Dondi and the other chancellors and Boyd and whoever else really made those decisions and said, "Let's go find the most qualified athletic director that we feel comfortable with that we can bring." And that's what they did. Um, yeah, and there was no nepotism or favoritism or anything like that. They went and got a actually really good AD from a smaller school that had shown and had a good track record and had nothing to do with what the boosters said and what his name was and any of those other factors. I I mean, that was the best decision that's happened. I, I mean, since 2008, <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah, it could be one of the best decisions it's made in our lifetimes over there. And I don't say that lightly, but it just it's pretty easy, man. Like I've always said, people show you who they are and they show you true colors. Numbers don't lie. Like go find an athletic director who's good at what he does. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, like, he'll, he'll figure it out. I mean, yeah. if he's a good judge of character and like, you know, a lot of people had doubts whenever he hired Heupel and, you know, saying just, oh, well, you're just hiring the last guy you hired. Like you're not actually trying to find people. But it was very much like you were saying, where are we at right now? Who's going to come over here right now? But I know I have a good coach at, in UCF and I know why I hired him there. And he's shown me that he's a good coach. So I'm gonna bring him with me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've never been happier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're in, you're a project manager or superintendent in construction. You need a house painted. You know a guy that's really really good, but maybe you all can't afford him. So that's a guy that's not gonna come do the job. But then you know someone else that's like, hey, he's not the best, but he's gonna be pretty darn good, and and I feel comfortable giving him this opportunity. Yeah. It's that simple. You know people that are good at what they do and give them an opportunity. I'm not saying it's 100 percent always works out shit happens. Um, but man, looking back on those years, Peru was just in way over his head. And we had an athletic director that made a terrible hire. But then again, he shouldn't have been in that position because he didn't know what the hell he was doing. And, you know, <laughs> we got finesse, man. And, 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 and granted, I don't know who else Fulmer really could have gotten at that time. I, yeah. I really don't. I, I don't. So I get it that he can't go and hire you know, a proven commodity, but you still have a job to sit at a desk like this and interview the people that do want the job and, and finding the best one. And he failed miserably. And and so did Pruitt. Pruitt, Pruitt, honestly, I mean, yeah, Pruitt pretty much ruined his career. And, and, oh, and, yeah. and that's crazy to say, but a guy got one shot to be a head coach at a unbelievable university. Listen, I've always said it. If I was coaching, I'd probably be cheating. <laughs> So, and I just would have been smart about it, but he did it and now he's done. Like he's going to have to go coach high school ball or if someone will take him in the NFL, you know, I, and I don't know if that's the case, but it's crazy to think about that the guy's life is, is ruined because of either he hired bad people or he was just an idiot and sloppy when being, being inappropriate. Cause there were times, honestly, that I thought the, what he put the product that he put on field was, wasn't bad. And obviously it was his fault for not getting a better quarterback, but um, you know, I don't think anyone would argue that sometimes on the field, like, I mean, he knew ball. So yeah, he knew ball. He he was just that was the thing about him. It's like, oh yeah, he knows ball, but he's raw as like he can't talk to a fence post. I mean, guy doesn't even know what asparagus is. It's like, well, you even well, said you even argued with me a long time ago when you were still playing, and I was, you were it was either your senior year or you finished, and I was dog and butch, and you were, if it was funny because at first you're like, "Well, Reed's my head coach, like, what do you want me to do?" And I was like, "All right, fair point." <laughs> and then I was like, "But back to arguing." And then you're like, "Reed, he's a figurehead. The head coach a lot of times doesn't, you know, you know, they they have to do a lot of stuff compared to, hey, I'm worried about what we're gonna do on on third and six. Yeah, leave that that up to the offensive coordinator, defense coordinator. So I, I get it, but Pruitt wasn't ready for. He wasn't ready for. Any of that other stuff. Right, right. But, all right, man. I'll see you later. Great pod. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, hit that like and subscribe button. Also, that notification bell. And please leave a comment. We absolutely love the comments. Love to uh, interact with you guys there. And then if you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download and follow us on whatever listening platform that you use so you know when the new episode drops. 
Uh, you can also follow us on social media uh, at Pancakes and Bacon for our main account on Twitter at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. And then uh, if you want to follow Reed on Twitter, his main account is at rbacon26. If you would like to follow myself, it is just at Kyler Kerbison on all social media. So check me out there. But uh, again, just thank you guys so much. And as always, go Vols.